This morning, we are going to hear uh, from a familiar passage of Scripture, maybe a familiar passage for many of us, about the baptism of our Lord. But I'm incredibly excited because the one who is going to give voice to this passage of Scripture is our newest uh, pastor-in-residence, associate pastor-in-residence in our community, Reverend Se-Yun Huang. Uh, and we're grateful for um, the ways in which God has blessed us to have Reverend Se-Yun with us. Um, and I um, want to hold on to the words that, um, that Kiana said, that we might take notice of what are the first words that are offered up um, over us from anyone who stands up in this place, who sings, who reads, who prays. And so this morning, as um, Reverend Seyun comes to offer up this passage of scripture from Matthew chapter 3, might you not just let these words land on your ears, but also the ears of your hearts. Today's reading comes from Matthew 3, 13 through 17. Hear the word of God. Then Jesus came from Galilee to John at the Jordan to be baptized by him. John would have prevented him, saying, I need to be baptized by you, and do you come to me? But Jesus answered him, Let it be so now, for it is proper for us in this way to fulfill all righteousness. Then he consented. And when Jesus had been baptized, just as he came up from the water, suddenly the, the heavens were opened to him, and he saw God's spirit descending like a dove and alighting on him. And a voice from the heavens said, This is my son, the beloved, with whom I am well pleased. This is the word of God for us, people of God. Thanks be to God. Amen. Amen. All right. I feel like you all are extra lit today, and I like this. Um, I am not. I am not sad about that at all. In fact, um, this morning um, I woke up to some pretty difficult news. Um, one of my um, favorite family members passed away, and um, as I was thinking about how I was going to prepare myself to both embody proclaiming the good news, I was reminded how oftentimes when I'm in this place and I'm preaching here at the Southeast Raleigh table, I don't preach to you. I think what makes the sermons come alive is that um, I preach with you, you preach with me. And so this morning, I also preach standing on the shoulders of Eric Yeboah, my favorite uncle, who was the fun uncle, the one who, let's just say, might not keep you safe, but would make you, make you filled with joy. <laughs> he is the uncle who makes it very real for me to think about Jesus at the wedding of Cana and Galilee, absolutely having a blast on the dance floor. He was the uncle who embodied joy, unspeakable joy, reminding me that my tears will not last for forever, but that joy comes in the morning. So this morning, I preach with you, and I preach with um, Eric Yeboah. When you're talking about God, where do you normally start? You know, I think it's very easy for us to start from the places of our confusion or the places of our disappointment or the places where we're just like, I don't know that I can rock with that when it comes to God. But we had an intern here at the Southeast Raleigh table who um, began to like change my framework and my thinking about how we might think about God, that maybe we can start with the places that are so God good about God that it's hard to believe that that's true about God. 
His name was Patrick Craig. And once Patrick preached this sermon that, like, I'm telling you, knocked the socks right off of my feet, where he said this, instead of always focusing on the original curse or the fall in Genesis, we need to remember that before any of those things happened, before Adam and Eve were banished from the garden, there was first an original blessing. That, that after God creates all things, it says that then uh, it is declared that everything was very good. Don't start with the curse before you also speak the blessing. Here's another God good thing about God. When God creates humankind in God's image, literally, we look like the divine. Turn to someone and say, you look good because you look like the divine. <laughs> the first day of creation for humankind starts with what? I'm, I'm going to see if anyone knows. The first day of creation for humankind starts with what? Rest. After humankind is created, God rests and humankind rests. I'm going to say this over and over again. It's like you getting a job and they tell you, you know what? We're going to start this job off with a sabbatical. Hallelujah. I want to take this job. <laughs> the first day that literally you have breath in your lungs, you get a day of rest. Where do we start? When we talk about the goodness and the loving kindness of God and the way in which God engages humanity, first we start with the blessing and we start with rest. Not banishment, not a curse. We start with the goodness of God. That's why there's a profound blessedness that is found in this passage of Scripture when Jesus is baptized. Jesus comes in the beginning of his ministry. Actually, Jesus hasn't even begun his ministry yet. And he comes to his um, cousin, John the Baptist, to be baptized. And as Reverend Seyun reminded us, um, John was like, whoa, 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 Jesus, hey, like this would be the other way around. Like you are the Messiah. You are the one who's going to heal the world. You are the one who's going to set me free. You are the one who, you are so good. I'm not even worthy to untie your crocs. <laughs> Let me be baptized by you. And then Jesus says, no, 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 John. John, you must do this. Which in that moment, here's the first level of blessedness, is that Jesus' baptism isn't just about commissioning, isn't just about work, but it's also about receiving a gift. Jesus, who was fully divine, also gets to know what it is to be surrounded by an anointing of pouring out of blessings, and that his cousin, his relative, the one who loves him, who left in the womb, even when Jesus was in utero, is the one who's going to confer a wholeness, a wellness, a holiness upon Jesus. Unmerited grace upon Jesus. We don't start with crucifixion, even in Jesus' life. We start with the fact that Jesus gets to receive a gift. We say that Jesus is the image of glory gives us a snapshot of all that we can also understand in our lives as humankind, which means that if we see Jesus receiving a gift, hmm, maybe it teaches us also, too, how to receive 
good gifts in our lives. But here's the second blessedness in this passage of Scripture. When John baptizes Jesus, and Jesus comes up out of the water, it says that power alights on Jesus. It's, um, you know, uh, the presence of the Spirit. Oftentimes, um, there are certain passages that remind us how the triune God is working. The Spirit comes down upon God, then the voice of God begins to speak, the God creator, and then Christ Jesus um, is the one who is receiving the gift. So you have creator, redeemer, sustainer, all reflected in this passage. When Jesus comes up out of the, out of the waters, it says that there is a voice from heaven that says, you are my son, you are my child, the beloved. Sometimes it says, you are my beloved son. With you, I am well pleased. When you know who you are, you are my child. When you know who you are, you are my beloved. When you know who you are, I am well pleased. Everything else in life is going to hit different. When people criticize you, when you know who you are, criticism hits different. When people only like you when you're hustling, when you know who you are, you're going to be different. It is so interesting that this voice that comes from the heavens is so um, explicit and so direct about Jesus' identity. You are my child. You are fully divine, and yet you are also one who is worthy of being cared for. You are my beloved. You actually are love, <laughs> love that will save and set us free, and you also know what it is to be framed and loved and upheld and buoyed by love. This is how I see you, literally beloved, like a capital B, beloved. And with you, I am well pleased. There is gratitude and thanksgiving for who Jesus is. There's an affection in the way in which the Creator speaks about Christ Jesus. Let me tell you the blessedness of this passage, friends. So where do we start when we talk about God? Maybe that when God is helping us to understand our identity, as one of our dear uh, members and friends of the Southeast Raleigh table, Dr. Margaret Brunson, will say, we are human beings, we are not human doings. Like Jesus, Jesus gets an opportunity to know what it is to be a human being cared for, loved, and also celebrated. And notice this, if you read the first two chapters of Matthew's gospel, Jesus hasn't done boop. Oh, friends, let me say this one more time. If you read the first two chapters, of Matthew's gospel, Jesus has not done anything in his earthly ministry. Before Jesus multiplies fish and bread, you are my beloved, with you I am well pleased. Before Jesus ever heals anyone, you are my beloved, with whom I am well pleased. Before Jesus ever touches anyone and calls them clean, you are my beloved, with whom I am well pleased. Before Jesus ever preaches the Sermon on the Mount, you are my beloved, with whom I am well pleased. Before Jesus ever tells anyone that you can stand up, you can walk, you can do, you are my beloved, with whom I am well pleased. Before Jesus ever raises anyone from the dead, before Jesus does anything in Jesus' earthly ministry, the Creator says of Jesus, I'm already pleased. Yeah. Friends. 
friends, we are human beings, not human doings. Which means that it is from Jesus' belovedness. It is from knowing that God is pleased for who Jesus is. Is the flow from which Jesus then does Jesus' work. Didn't have to hustle, didn't have to prove, didn't have to beg, didn't have all this output, didn't have to create metrics. If in Jesus' ministry, we begin with who we are in order to have a sense of what we do and to also know that what we do is not the only measure that is important in who we are. That God created us out of love, hard stop. God created us out of love and we are God's beloved's hard stop. We were created out of love and God is pleased, hard stop. That is where we begin. It's why whenever people are trafficked, it's why any ism that does not honor the fullness of anyone's humanity, it is why it's an affront because God cares so deeply about us being honored for who we are, not what we do. Our bodies are not even commodified. Listen, God could have poured out God's spirit upon each and every one of us for us to be workhorses in the army of the Lord. And yet, and yet, sometimes we are simply reminded of our goodness and how loved we are. Now, so this is going to sound really interesting to hear because we live in a culture that would tell you, don't listen to that lady telling you this, but I'm gonna say it anyway. <laughs> if in 2023, excuse me, let me be holy. If in the year of our Lord, 2023, <laughs> we did nothing. we would still be beloved. If this year you don't do more than you did last year, you'll be beloved. If you can't make whatever you didn't get done last year happen this year, you'll still be beloved. Sometimes it actually unsettles me. There is nothing I can do to make God love me more. And there is nothing I can do to make God love me less. When we offer our lives, though, in response to God's love, it is because we know how good a caretaker God is with our lives. I choose, we choose, to be at work in the world, that my life is like worship, like unceasing praise to God. When I care for my community, it's my unceasing 
praise to God. God created all people in God's image. I'm going to like live in a way that when the world doesn't know how to do it, I'm going to do it. That's my unceasing praise to God. When we choose to love the people in our lives well, it's our unceasing praise to God. When we choose to heal and to love ourselves well, it's our unceasing praise to God that God creates all things and it is very good. This is our unceasing praise to God when we do whatever we do on behalf of God, but we don't do it to get God's love. We do it because we are loved. Hard stop. Hard stop. This morning, we are going to renew our covenant with God. Basically, what that means is, um, with a contract, for instance, as long as one person keeps their end of the deal, then the other person's supposed to keep their end of the deal. That's what they say with contracts. If you've ever had to mess with insurance, sometimes you wonder at times. It can get a little interesting. Covenant is different. And covenant with God is different. It is to say that we lean in to be as faithful as we can possibly be to God, to one another, and also with ourselves knowing that sometimes we are going to fail and yet God continues to renew relationship with us because God is always faithful to us, to others, and helping us to be faithful and to come home to ourselves. The reason why we renew our covenant with God at the beginning of a new year is so that we might be reminded that everything we do, that we say we do on behalf of God, we know who God is. The kind of God who loves us even if we don't. There's something really beautiful about entering into relationship with someone who you know, that no matter what you do or don't do, the love won't change. That we serve a God who honors you and not just what you can do. Friends, you are God's children, the beloveds, and God is well pleased. Will you pray with me? God, we have said the words, now help us to believe it. We have heard the words, now help us to believe it. We trust that the words have landed in a gentle and a soft space. And if not today, then maybe tomorrow or the next day or the next month or the next year, but God, may we never waver from knowing that you love us, that it is from your love that we anchor who we are, and it is out of your love that we offer ourselves to the world. It's not out of our needing to prove. It is not out of a competitive spirit. It is not out of outdoing those around us. It is not out of hustle or grind. It is not even to try to get your attention, but out of love in response to your love. 
we offer ourselves. Thank you, God, for your voice that speaks above all other voices, reminding us of who we are, that we are loved, that we are beloved. Hard stop. All this, God, we pray in the strong name of your son, Jesus Christ, your child. Amen.